It's the MMA Geeks C-Level Podcast with your hosts, Stan Dryav and Nick Bracha. Welcome to the MMA Geeks C-Level Podcast. This is your host, Stan Drive, with my co-host, the offensive wrestling technique to my Mackenzie Dern, Nikolai Braccia himself. What the fuck is up, Nick? Dude, I thought I was going to jump ahead some this week or pick up some ground. But my underdog picks, which I thought and still maintain were good underdog picks, and Charles Rosa and Tim Elliott, who should have won that was on had all the skills to win that fight and just fought like a goof after the first round yeah he fought exactly Um, like he always does you're right it was weird (laughs) um no i i don't disagree with you i think that one in particular tim you're right he had the skill to win it he did make some mistakes and james kraus took some responsibility in saying that he basically informed uh him that he won both of the first two rounds which yeah he didn't win the second round no he did i mean it was competitive but he didn't win it i agree oh yeah yeah, he but he, I mean, he he won, he won the first round by 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 the most. You know, the first round was the was the broadest round. He won the first round by the most points, but it still only counts for ten. And the the other two rounds were close, but Nikolai was landing more, and Elliot was was doing. You know, he 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 devolved into the, the weird shit that he does. Yeah, that um, sounds about right. So uh, I ended up scoring three points. Is that correct with my picks, Nick? And you? I scored- don't know if that's the. Oh, oh, total. Yeah, I think that sounds. You, uh, I only have uh, I have three correct picks and one wrong pick, and you have, you're, you're one and three. Oh, Nick, that's rough, man. No, wait, that's not that's not true. No. Um. You you know you know you did have Lupita go. Oh wait, did I? Did oh, I but lose? you you lost one pick. But I'm gonna count it as two and three for your neck. We're gonna count this as two points. You you will have had one more pick than me for this last week, because that Lupita go had... should have been your win. Well, let me look at this. Godina, yeah, I had Godinez and Gutierrez. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah but right Godinez wouldn't have wouldn't have counted as your pick right, because, right, right, right. Uh, because well, thank you, thank you for the thank you for the charity, Nick. Anytime, um, anytime, I can give you. So Nick has two points from last week, and I have three points. Um, yeah, which, so I which lost only one behind from the event. That's not bad at all. Yeah, I mean, it was anyway. Let's talk about the fights though, because they were. Listen, it wasn't a sexy card, but there were some. There were the fights weren't bad. Yeah, both you and I thought that once Mackenzie Dern takes us to the ground, that the fight is over. And Rodriguez again showed that is that it doesn't work that way with her. Man, she can get taken down. Her defense on the ground is fucking fantastic. If she can do that against Mackenzie Dern, get dominated and still not lose by submission, she can do that against absolutely anybody in the world. So that element of, his, uh, of it was uh, impressive. Talk to me about your thoughts, buddy. I mean, uh, I think if Dern had more opportunities or more time to work, I think she had to rush things a bit because the takedowns were so rare. Um, she, she did – yeah, I guess if she couldn't end it in the second round, it was, it was tough, but I – I think I still think Mackenzie Dern has a higher ceiling than Marina Rodriguez. I think Rodriguez is really, really solid. Uh, I think she's a very good fighter. I don't think, um, I don't know that she'll that she's going to be you know top three, uh, and I don't know if I see her as a as a vibe as someone who's going to be a real threat um, to whichever fighter has the strap. Love to see her see her fight uh, Joanna Champion. I think that would be fucking terrific fight we haven't seen joanna in a while and she she has missed um 
Joanna also hasn't taken an e- like <laughs> any he's only fought killers for about six years. But Dern, there's just and this isn't just my crush speaking. She, they, her athleticism, tenacity, I think her will and desire to win. She doesn't get broken. She seems very coachable. She needs, like, after her after her last loss against Hiba, she she advanced her game and cleaned up and learned from it. And I, I really feel like if we don't see her for eight months and she spends all of that time uh, getting stronger and, and just focusing on her offensive wrestling, I think she'll be okay. Her striking's... Her striking's not great, but she's got she's got more pop than unnatural strikers like Roxy, and I think she and I think she's got a pretty good beard also. So like I, I just think she's still young, and I still think she's I I think this is the kind of setback that that happens to prospects. I'm still super high on her. I think she's got an enormous ceiling. She does. I think she'll learn. I think that she'll learn and and pick up the wrestling skills. And when she does, people are going to be in trouble. I don't disagree with you about Mackenzie Dern's ceiling, but I absolutely disagree with you about Rodriguez's ceiling. Nick, if she hasn't shown that she is top one or two in the world material after this performance, after her last several performances, I don't know what will, dude. Like, I feel like you underestimated her win, uh, her last five-round win. On short notice, she took that fight on, like, a week's notice, Nick, and beat a super veteran, right, who, like, I know you always make the argument that that Waterson She's really good. The, that Waterson should be fighting at 105, but like that's always Waterson's excuse for every loss ever, right? So like her wins are just her wins, but her losses don't count because she used to fight at 105. Rodriguez, dude, like if she if she just survived on the ground with Mackenzie Dern, prevented almost, you know, most takedowns, did her tremendous amount of man- damage, showed showed the ability to, you know, occasionally get up if she needs to, showed the ability to survive, showed the ability to fight for 5 rounds hard. Dude, like she is probably going to be champion, man. Like, she's no fucking I, joke. I just... She's really good. I just don't know that I can picture, if I can picture her beating Weili Zhang or Rose Namajunas. I don't see why she wouldn't beat Weili Zhang, to be honest with you. Weili's explosive, and, and she, I mean, she's no joke, but Rodriguez is going to be nonstop offense as well. Um, th- that'll be a super exciting fight. That would be my ideal next matchup. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure why Weili Zhang is getting an immediate rematch, to be honest with you. I don't like, yeah, I don't like that. Um, Although the argument could be made that the fight didn't really get a chance to play out, but then let's rematch every fucking first round knockout we see, right? It did. It it, it absolutely played out. I mean, I mean, she Rose Rose landed a single strike in that fight, Nick, and it was the fight ending strike. Like it didn't play out. We didn't know. We don't truly know who's the better overall fighter, right? Based on that result. I I suppose I suppose not. But it was a it was a dominant win, didn't. It wasn't Joanna dominant. It was, after, it, it was, let, me, let me ask you a question first. Yeah. Didn't Joanna have to go out and get and pick up a win before she got her rematch with Rose? Um, she lost to Rose by knockout. No, she got an immediate rematch uh, against Rose, but that's different because Joanna had. No, she did. Jo- Joanna was had the belt multiple for a long fights. Time. Exactly. She she had defended her multiple times, um, and just coming off that Jessica Andrade defense. And yeah, that's the thing. Rose like could have just caught her right. But we know now that Rose was the better fighter. There's, there's not a whole lot of question about that. It's now. a, it's a business thing. They're looking at, they're, they, you know, how many, what kind of pay per views and what kind of revenue is going to come in from China versus what kind of draw Carla Esparza is. You know what, Nick? Speaking of, speaking of overrated wins and fighters, here are Joanna Yanjacek's last one, two, three, four, five wins: Michelle Waterson, a former 105er that you never give credit to anyone for beating. Tisha I love Torres. Michelle Watterson. I know you do. Atisha Torres, another former 105er. She beat Jessica Andrade, who is a damn good fighter at, at you know, 125, four, certainly. But four, four and a half years ago, by the way. True. She beat Karolina Kowalkowicz, and she beat Claudia Gadelia. Now, 
it could be that she ruined Kovalkowicz and Gadelia, and maybe that's why they spiraled downward as soon as they lost her. And same thing with, honestly, Valerie, Valerie Letourneau. But if you look at her wins, man, like they're not really that impressive. Carlos Barza and Jessica Andrade are quality wins, um, and everybody else is pretty good. Yeah, but look, but look at those. Lo- but look at her. But look at the four losses. Shevchenko is uh, it, like nobody should be ashamed of losing to her. Weili Zhang uh, by a split, split decision, decision a split decision war. Yeah, all I'm saying is you could make a you could make a case that Joanna won the second Rose fight, which was extremely competitive. I, I think Rose won, but it was I mean Joanna yeah, was, was, was in that fight. That. So like I understand what you're saying about her wins. She's just been fighting the cream of the crop, like absolute killers. Only got knocked out once. Like you, you say they're killers, but she's qual- fighting quality opposition overall. I don't think they're all killers. I think Rose is a killer, no, it, and Valentina I mean, is a killer. I'm talking about I'm talking about Rose, Valentina, and Wei Li Zhang. Yeah, 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 those are absolute killers, and that's the thing. The killers that's that she faces those are, those are, the are ones her only losses. <laughs> yeah, no, true. Uh, so, is it ever probably right? Um, but anyway, Marina Rodriguez, fascinating, Nick. Like. Uh, it was, it, you know, it was a fight that Marina Rodriguez was able to keep on the feet. For the most part, it was that second round, I think, where she was on the ground. There was a partial other round where she spent on the ground, but she survived, man. That, that took us so hard to finish on the ground. Nobody's been able to do it yet. And the only person that walked away with a win over her is Carla Esparza, the best anyone else could do. And by the way, that was a super close win that could have gone either way. The best anyone else could do, Nick, was go to a draw with her in a three-round fight. In a five-rounder, people, people are going to have a hard time competing with her. She um, had some... Interesting references after the fight, right? She talked about Carlos Esparza and how she deserves the next title shot, the one woman to beat her. And she spoke about, uh, and I think this was brilliant, Joanna and Jacek about how Joanna fights like once a year and she shouldn't really be ranked as high as she is. I'm having a hard time disagreeing with her, honestly. I like that she called Joanna out. I think this could set up the matchup. It would be a big fight for her that would lead into a title shot if she can Absolutely. get past Joanna. Um, I, I think I think her ceiling, Nick, is the is the title. I'm not saying she definitely will win it. I think that's her ceiling. This chick is absolutely uh, no joke. A, I think she's done underestimating her. I just, I'm yeah. I've I've picked against her way way, way too much, Nikolai. I'm not I'm not you know I'm not doing it anymore in, in in this kind of situation. This was her worst possible style matchup in the division. Tatiana Suarez being removed from the division, mind you. Like like I I, I think I think I think it's, I think Esparza is still a worse matchup. I, th- I think in a five-rounder, she fucking smokes Esparza. I think she fucks Esparza think, up. Esparza does not look good that, in that third round of any yeah, fight. Yeah, I think, I, th- I think you're probably right about a five-rounder. Because realistically, right, the next time they fight, especially if Esparza has uh, has success coming up or they rematch leading into a title shot, it's going to be a five-rounder, I would imagine. So um, I'm very excited about her. I think, uh, I think you know, it's time she gets her due credit. Um, and, and outside of that, Nick, uh, pretty, pretty good overall card, man. Like, this wasn't full of names, but I certainly think it was... It, it, there was a bunch of stuff worth discussing. What were your thoughts on that co-main event? I thought I thought Randy Brown looked fast and furious, man. He looked he you know he looked uh, really really good. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's about what we expected. Gooden just didn't throw much, and Brown has so many weapons. He looked really good out there. Um, Nicholas, yeah. uh, Mateos Nicolau, uh, I thought he would edge Tim Elliott in a very close fight. I thought that he would likely have to take over in that second uh, and third round. Nick, looking at these guys' records, each of them have 17 wins at this point, except Nicolau has two losses and Elliott has 12 fucking losses, Nick. 12 guys have figured out a ways to beat him. Um, so this was, in my opinion, your best underdog pick, the guy that had the highest chance. And it, it fell through. Well, you never Tim know what Elliott Tim Elliott you're going to get. Like, it's true. Although guy, we, we got a, a good Tim Elliott, gets... Nick. 
I, I thought he did an overall good job. He paced himself. I thought, well the fir- he, I thought he looked incredible in the first round, and I was like, James Krause is a genius. He had such confidence. Yep. Um. He had he had he had uh, Nicolau and Fitz, not yep. knowing not knowing what to do, or cle- clearly, uh, whatever Nicolau had game planned was not was not for the Tim Elliott that was in front of him, and I. Th- I thought that Elliot would be able to capitalize on and extend that, but I don't know if he got overconfident after the first, but he, or tired, but his his shit got silly and he didn't have he didn't have a, a plan B once Nicolau got his composure back. I will say though, Nicolau, it seemed like he started very slowly. So it's not only that not only that Tim Elliott was in a good place in the first round, it's that Nicolau was a little bit behind. He started to really put it together in the second round. He put in a different level of effort in that second round, and I think Elliott had trouble dealing with it. And then we got Maria Agapova, Nick. Um, like I, I think I think we all underestimated her given talk about her being a junkie, talk about her having trouble with the law, her being an absolute insane person. All of that is probably still true. But, man, those snap she and those punches. Ama- she looked unbelievable. She looked yeah, she she looked like the woman that we thought we were getting in the uh, leading up to Shana that Shane Dobson, Dobson fight. fight exactly. Yes, yeah, yes. she looked she looked awesome. And and at one twenty five, you know, wide open division, like let's get some Agapova Macy Barber shit happening immediately. I'm, I'm into that. If we're gonna sacrifice Macy Barber and we don't expect much from her, let's put those two girls together. I think it'll be a banger. Well, it's also I know you don't like to match prospects and prospects, but in women's flyweight. There ain't a lot of you know you can't just have everybody fight Roxy like there's not like it's not it's not that deep it's the sh- it's a very shallow division still. Um, you kind of can't have everybody well, fight Roxy Nick at some point or other. You literally can. I, <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm just saying like it's it, it's uh, I think I think there's some I think there's some really cool fights to make there and I don't think that the wins and losses matter so much in that division because you're always two or three fights away from you yeah, know a title kidding. shot. So I would I would love to see her against Barbara coming off that disp- that kind of disputed victory over Miranda Maverick. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely there with you. I also think maybe Miranda Maverick, if you are willing to put prospect versus prospect, that would be and not coming off not coming off a loss. I think Maverick is too is too good. Fair enough. I, I do hear that we uh, we would be seriously sacrificing a prospect. But look, Maria Gapova has insane snapper and punches. The kind of snap that. Very few women in the world have. Valentina Shevchenko has plenty of that, right? Um, she's taller than Shevchenko. She is possibly as fast as Shevchenko, although not nearly as explosive. So, look, give her two years of serious focus. If she can keep her head on straight, she can get it done. After the fight, she called out Marina Moroz, who was the person that oh, yeah, told yeah, the yeah. MMA media about uh, all of the... like. It's basically a bunch of shit about Agapova being a junkie and, and all this other stuff we discussed the last week. I think that would be an interesting matchup. It's, it's weird because... Uh, Moreau's fights at 115, but if you're going to talk that kind of shit about someone, you know, ma- maybe she'll be willing to take that fight. I like Marina Moreau's. If the if the Agapova shows up that uh, that was there fighting Mezo, I think Moreau's is going to get pieced up. She's uh, Moreau's is it, Moreau's is tough, and she's really she's really really good. But the speed that speed, I just think the vo- I think the I think she could get overwhelmed with the kind of volume that Agapova used to yeah. beat up Mezo. I mean, here's the thing: these two girls know what happened in the training room, right? So. That might be a factor in deciding whether this matchup will happen. I wouldn't be surprised if Moroz is like, I want nothing to do with that crazy bitch. I would understand where she's coming from if she really was threatened with a stabbing by Agapova. Um, yeah, you know, you don't want to get in the cage, you get hepatitis Q. You just don't. <laughs> um, and then we have uh, Chris Gutierrez, who got a split decision over Philippe Cor- Corrales. It probably shouldn't have been a split decision. I thought he did a good job in the second and third rounds. Uh, I think it was the second and third rounds. There was one round that Corrales had some success, got in top position. Corrales has so much heart. He's huge for this division. So uh, 
he has potential here, right? Like he has a, a lot of the intangibles. It's just I think like skill wise, he still needs some has some catching up to do when it comes to the striking. He does have a good kicking game, and he was kind of competitive with Chris in that department for a little bit there. But Chris could look good, man. It was a good performance by him. Yeah, yeah. I like. I mean, I think he's. I think he's a great, a great fighter. Good. You know, he came in heavily favored. Um, mm. But f- a fine, a fine fight for the division. I don't have too much more to say about it that you haven't already. Uh, really briefly, like Alexander Romanov conged on on Jan- uh, Jared uh, Vandera. Smush him. He's yeah. He's you know. Listen, Ro- Romanov in a five rounder is always is going to be potentially problematic. He's got to if he can get the fight where he wants it. Um, but he's got to improve. He's got to improve his conditioning. Nick, I so think. few people can survive uh, to that third round with him. That you're right. It's it's only really going to uh, come to surface that issue as well, he starts see to when fight he gets the elite. In the, yes, that's what I'm. I'm, I'm concerned about his ceiling because he's definitely good. But what's it, what's it going to look like when uh, when you know when shit doesn't necessarily work? I don't know who he's fighting next but maybe Andre Arlovsky depending on if Arlovsky wins or loses if Arlovsky walks away with a decision win over Carlos Philippe if Andre Arlovsky walks away with a win there I think the Romanov matchup makes some sense because that's the kind of matchups they're putting Arlovsky in these days is these prospects to test whether or not they're truly ready for that elite and Arlovsky is the great gatekeeper for that if um if Carlos wins I guess they can make that matchup I just feel like Carlos like you want to put him in fun matchups that are going to be striking matchups you want to put him at at the kind of st- like the first fight of the main card he's going to be entertaining he's going to be fun he's going to get people you know excited um so i, I don't know if they'd want to waste him on romanov because I-, I think he's a great card opener a uh, great main card opener anyway yeah but, uh, Ro- I, if you want to push him like, a little bit further yeah because the division's the division's not exactly stacked i don't know who, who tibura has in the has locked up but like i i think i think tibura would be a real good test for him because serious test no doubt he's, yeah. he's he's big he's strong and he doesn't he he doesn't really go away especially if they can make it a five-round fight nick that would be a huge test for romanov i think that's probably what would decide that matchup in my book is whether it's a five-round or three-round fight if it's a five-rounder i expect tibura to take over and I really do feel like at some point Juan Espino deserves a rematch because I think he got jobbed and should have gotten the victory over Romanov. I agree. The fact that he's walking away from it being a loss is, is kind of weird. Uh, we disagreed on Charles Rosa versus Damon Jackson. I told you that Charles Rosa does not have good takedown defense. Damon Jackson was just going to take him down at will, um, and he was able to do that. Damon Jackson's like, you know, he's, he's pretty good. He's going to be a, a decent, I think, gatekeeper to the top maybe top maybe 15. Not going to be like a mainstay in the top 10. I don't think his ceiling is super high, but he had a good performance against, you know, essentially a journeyman in this matchup. And by the way, Charles Rosa, I think realistically, like, I don't know that he's super necessary in the UFC anymore. No, I, I think that was the, they're talking, the commentators are like, Rosa believes he's got the stuff to be champion. And I'm like watching the fight and I'm thinking, I don't know if he's got the stuff to, to keep a contract after next week. hundred percent, man. It's crazy um, talk. It was a, it was a bummer. He did that elbow. That elbow was fucking sweet though. The back, he did the back elbow. Yes, that for, was pretty uh, Yaya cool. Rodriguez style and opened up just a gusher. If it had been over the eye, like if, if it landed a little differently, you know, maybe like there was a chance. He yeah. Was a good, but he was going to need the urgency in the story. Like he, he, he didn't have, he didn't have the skills uh, to close the fight out. No, no, he, he, he never, he never really has again. That takedown defense never showed up. He's not that much stronger. Uh, his standup maybe has improved, but his grappling from bottom position is mediocre. Top position. He's good. He survives. That's really all he does. He's, he's not, I mean, with due respect to Charles Rose, who's, 
you know, a, a fun guy, a fun fighter. He, he's not UFC caliber. But I'll tell you who is UFC caliber, Nick. Lupita motherfucking Godinez looks spectacular against Silvana Gomez-Juarez. She is coming back and fighting this weekend, Nick, after that shellacking she put on her and finished her within two minutes, Nick. I'm excited to see Lupita Gomez compete again, uh, Godinez compete again this weekend. Uh, and then we have Steve Garcia, who took out a gritty fucking win over Charles Ontiveros. He got hurt every time he got hit on the feet by the much bigger Ontiveros. Um, Steve Garcia, I, I, you know, I don't like his politics, but um, really, really gutty, gritty performance by him. I, I do respect that. I'll just never like him outside of that. Cool. Let's take a take a moment and uh, come back with our quick picks for Fight Night: Dumont versus Lad, the one we've all been waiting for. Dumont versus Lad. Back on the podcast for the MMA Geeks draft. You all know how this works. We each take turns picking fighters competing on the upcoming card, uh, end up tallying the scores at the end of it. You get one point for every winning fighter that's on your roster. You get two points for every underdog of plus 150 or above that you successfully pick. Uh, Nikolai's had some success with that. Currently, Nikolai, I am still up 103 to your 91.5 points. So at this point, uh, I think I'm 12 and a half points ahead, Nikolai. A little bit of a lead, but I do think you're going to catch up. Might be eleven and a half points. It's eleven and a half. I don't points. know. Oh, um, I don't think I'm going to make a lot of. I don't think it's going to be this card that I catch up on, but we'll see. Yeah, there, there, there might not be as many opportunities on this one. Um, you have the first pick this week, buddy. All right, I'm going to make this really, really simple. Ramazan Imyev is going to Dagestan. Danny Roberts. <laughs> I tend to agree with you. Danny Roberts, super <laughs> quick. He's really good striking, but he's not durable, right? So like. You can't really spend a whole lot of time standing if you're him, and it's tricky. He has pretty good jiu-jitsu, but not very good takedown defense. And Emiyev is going to be able to take him down at will, as long as Emiyev is willing to. Sometimes he has this low output thing happening. But I'm there with you. I, I think uh, I think Emiyev ends up picking up a pretty tidy decision in this one that not a whole lot of people are entertained by any moments in which Emiyev is winning. It'll be fun to watch when Roberts is having moments. Um, My first pick is going to be... I'm going to take Ludovic Klein to beat Nate Landwehr. As much as Nate Landwehr like, has the mental fortitude and the conditioning to like maybe make it through the first round and then take over in rounds two and three, I tend to think Ludovic Klein is going to put a head kick on that man in the first few minutes and call it a day. Uh, Nate Landwehr is just too hittable to be beating a guy like <clears throat> excuse me, Ludovic Klein uh, in, in this he, matchup. I, I tend to agree with you. I was going to pick this much later, mostly because Landwehr's he's kind con- and we saw it in the uh, – who did he fight? Julian, he fought Julian Arosa, right? Yeah. That was like his, yep. wild, his wild fight. Mm-hmm. Is, I mean, every fight for like, him is wild, but yeah. Yeah, Klein, I mean, Klein's really good, but Len, Lenware can – if he goes Frank, if he goes Frankenstein mode and he, he eats it on the – I could see him eating the kick to the neck uh, or even the shin. If, he, if, if, Klein doesn't get, if Klein doesn't get the KO and it's like, what now? <laughs> I could I could see Landwehr's like his 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 pressure um giving all giving problems to the kind of precision striker uh that client that client is. I could see I could see Landwehr turning it surviving and turning it into a brawl, making it a very 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 ugly fight. Um, yeah, it's his only shot to win and essentially. I, and he's good at yeah, it. Yeah, but I yeah, he's good at it and I I 
I could see that happening, but I I do pick I do think Klein, most likely Klein's going to win. I just think it get really I think it could get really interesting really quick. This is one of those ones I'm most looking forward to watching from an entertainment. Standpoint. Oh, it'll be fun. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like no matter what happens in this matchup, it is going to be fun to watch. Neither of these men is going to stall like a Ramazan and Mia might. Uh, what's your second pick, bud? Uh, it's I'll do a repick a pick from my pre, from a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to go with Menon Fioro. Uh, to creatively kickbox uh, style, and probably not, you know, probably not out muscle, but just land, just land hellacious shit against uh, Mayra Buena Silva. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on this pick. I mean, th- this matchup was supposed to happen once or twice already. Silva's a pressure striker with power. She's also really solid at catching submissions from bottom position, but her wrestling is a serious weak point. Furrow's dynamic, explosive. She's a technical striker. It's really big for the weight class. Um, largely seen yes. as like a future top three fighter, at least. I think the ceiling for her uh, at this point looks looks like it's unlimited. I think Fiero has solid takedown defense and should be safe from Silva's submissions unless she decides to take top position. That's a huge risk. In this one, that's probably the biggest place where she could lose. Um, Silva also has serious power, so she could potentially catch her. Uh, but, but I think like... As much as Silva pressures well, she's plotting, which won't work well against Fierro's footwork. Uh, I like Fierro to get her third octagon win in three tries. Whether she gets a finish depends probably on how aggressive Silva is in this matchup. So I'm there with you, buddy. My next pick is going to be... I'm going to go ahead and take Lupita Godinez to beat Luana Carolina. Uh, I, like, I mean, the way Godinez looked in that last matchup, extremely sharp, striking, excellent wrestling man, finishing instincts. She had all of it, right? Against a pretty decent opponent, she made her look like an amateur. And she's facing Luana Carolina here, who doesn't have very good wrestling, not very good from her back on the ground. And she's kind of slow, but consistent Muay Thai, right? She won't get tired. She won't lose heart. She'll keep trying. She will out-survive you if you're going to get tired. Um, I just don't think that Godinez is likely to fall into those traps. Um, she made some mediocre decisions in that matchup against Jessica Penne, but I, I expect that she's going to be smarter this time, put the pressure on Luana, close that distance, and uh, and hopefully put her away within a, a round or two. I think, like, judging on her last performance, she looks spectacular. She's a serious prospect. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I'm going to go with... Um Future Miley Cyrus boyfriend uh, Julian Marquez to uh, catch to catch a choke. Uh, I could see him just getting this making those making those scrambles ugly, right? Ending up in a weird in a weird position, possibly near the cage. Julian Marquez grabbing a neck. Uh, I think I think most likely, even if he drops around, uh, which I could certainly see happening. I could see him losing the first. I think Marquez eventually gets the sub here. Yeah, it's tricky because Wright is significantly faster. He's got way better footwork. He's going to be the taller man in this matchup. He's possibly the more athletic man in this matchup, right? But Yeah, I, I would say that's true. The, the way that we've seen Wright lose twice is by getting pressured up against the cage and finished with heavy strikes. That's something that Marquez is very capable of doing. He's going to close that distance. He's going to he's going to make you run out of room. Look, Wright is a dangerous guy. He could catch him with something. Marquez has been hurt before, but uh, I'm going to rely on Marquez's pressure to to take over and, and do some damage here. I think the style matchup is not great for Wright. I mean, yeah, he's got power. I mean, this is a guy that's knocked out both Matt Hamill and Phil Hawes. Those are not guys that are um, that are easy to you know easy to beat up that way. Um, but his recent finishes against against top pretty good opponents and like Darren Stewart and Sam Alvey have come by choke. I think if, I think it's a, I just think it's the surest path to victory. So is, even if he hurts him with strikes, 
he's going to grab that neck. And that's the thing about Marquez. You're right. He is a fucking finisher, dude. Like, no matter who he fights, whether it be Phil Hawes or those two gentlemen you just mentioned, he's going to fucking finish them, dude. He's not just, like, winning tidy decisions here. I like the guy a lot. He trains under... Um, I, yeah, he's he's also hilarious. His, oh, nickname is the Cuban, his nickname is the Cuban Missile Crisis. You know what? He he is probably the prince of cringe. If if I had to uh, if I had to guess, and you know what? His cringe is like authentic versus uh, that's Henry the thing. His, his his cringe is kind of charming. It, it kind of is because yeah. it's authentic. I think Suhudo's not trying to be and, charming. And I like syndicate fighters. I like. This I, I don't think I don't think is he a syndicate guy? He used to train at Glory under James Krause. Uh, he's listed on Tapology as a syndicate fighter. Maybe but. he switched to Vegas. Fascinating. I did not realize that. I, I actually, I actually would favor him more under Glory under James Krause than at Syndicate. To be honest with you, but but fair enough. I didn't realize he switched. My next pick is going to be in the Dana Batgarel Brandon Davis matchup. I like Dana Batgarel here. Brandon Davis. I think he was something like two on five in the UFC before he was cut. Got four wins on the regional circuit over mediocre competition. Coming back here against Dana Batgarel, who I think he's Sorry. two on one. He is sorry. he sorry he is from twenty since twenty topology is wrong. Marquez has been with Glory since last year. He oh, was there you in go. Syndicate first first six years before that. Yeah, he's 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 been with them a while. Good good to know. Um, yeah. So, uh, Bot Gorilla, I think he's going to be the more patient, more technical fighter. Brandon Davis is bigger, but I don't expect that he's going to have success here. Bot Gorilla should have the wrestling edge if he needs it. He should be able to take top position. He should be able to land cleaner, harder shots. Brandon Davis's defense is really kind of non-existent, but I think a high output game plan by Brandon Davis could. Could bring in some success. I, I would actually recommend uh, a bet on Dinabat Gorilla minus one eighty six. I think there's some value there, given given like the level of these two gentlemen. So my third pick is Bat Gorilla. Okay, all right. Now this shit gets hard. You agreeing with this pick, Nikolai? Yes, I am agreeing with the pick. I'm not a I'm not a not a big Brandon Davis guy. Yeah. Um, oof. I'm just looking at these looking at these fights. This really is where there's it gets no really good. hard now. All the rest of these fights are a lot harder to pick. Yeah, I'm. Oh, I I'm gonna go, and I'll, I'm sure this is gonna be wrong. Love Andre Arlovsky, but I actually think that even though he's Carlos Felipe does not get KO'd really. Like he's got, he's got a cra- he's got a crazy jaw. Arlo- I think I just think he that the way that he that Carlos Felipe fights is can be deceptive for judges because he's got output. He comes forward. He taunts. He's, he always looks like he's doing something. Even when he's losing the fight, he acts like he's winning the fight. And I can I can just see his his output and his and his muscle um, making this a messy fight where it looks like he's in control because Arlovsky is go, he's going to counter. He's going to pick his he's going to he's going to pick his shots uh, better. He's going to he's going to manage his energy um, in an efficient way. And I can just see it being a very very close fight where the. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? We're just the pa- like the uh, the pace of the fight. There's another word, and I can't, can't pull it out of my brain because it's still early in the morning. But I see I can see Philippe getting uh, getting like a split decision victory here, uh, just based on how on how much he throws and his you know what he projects out out there. Even if even if Arlovsky actually lands the more technical and stronger strikes in the fight. Yeah, I, I like Carlos Felipe a lot. I think he's such a fun fighter. He's got that that Diaz mentality, and he's a fan of the Diaz brothers. Talks trash, man. Has so much fun in there. Genuinely enjoys being in there. Usually loses the first round, much like the Diaz's, and can kind of take over after that. Um, so I do think Arlovsky will take the first round. It, it like he he can beat these um, 
he can come in as the underdog and beat some of these guys like Junior Albini, Stefan Struve, Ben Rothwell, Philip Lenz, Tanner Bilzer, right? The, the kind of guys that are probably not destined for top five territory, uh, the kind of guys that rely on being the faster guy usually, whereas Arlovsky still has plenty of speed. Um, I, I have no strong feelings about this one. I, I'm edging ever so, ever so slightly toward Arlovsky because of his craft. I think he'll take that first round and maybe edge out one of the other two, but entirely possible that that um, that Carlos just puts the fucking numbers on him in that second half of that fight, and Arlovsky's not able to keep up. So uh, heart, this was literally the last pick on my list because I, I have very little confidence here. I, I think it's a really close matchup on paper, but I hope you're right. I hope Carlos Philippe walks away with the win because there's no use to Arlovsky getting this victory for just about anyone except Arlovsky. My next pick is going to be another uh, veteran matchup in Jim Miller versus Eric Gonzalez. I think I'm gonna take Jim Miller to to win this matchup, Nick. We all know like Jim Miller is obviously super good as a southpaw, standing up, right? Like surprisingly good, hits pretty hard, um, pretty aggressive, right? His his ground game is fantastic, his submission game is phenomenal, his positions are great, his wrestling is good, but he's only really strong for five minutes, and then he starts to really taper down given his age, given the the Lyme disease that he's been struggling with for years now. On top of the fact that again, Jim Miller is close to forty years old with. 50-plus fights, I think 40 of them in the UFC. Eric Gonzalez is making his UFC debut. Um, had some decent experience against some decent level of opposition, but the guy's like a like a really good kicker, um, pretty high output, pretty aggressive with his punches too, but doesn't have the best gas tank, right? And if you're not going to still be there in the second or third round full of energy against a tired Jim Miller, are you really going to be able to take advantage? I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jim Miller gets a first-round finish either because he's really dangerous early on. So I'm going to take Jim Miller with some trepidation. Crazy to see him as such a big favorite though, Nick. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, as you said previously, if Miller doesn't get it in the first round, he's just whatever. It's a Lyme disease or it's being around for a billion years. Um, I was, this was one I was considering making an underdog pick on, but you really Understa- me. So thank understandable. You. Uh, honestly, understandably, this is, this has some underdog value. What's your fifth pick, buddy? I'm going to go with Aspen Ladd over Norma Dumont in the main event. I really, I mean, I, th- Ladd, it's been, it's been a while, you know, it's been a while since we've seen her, um, she had that really good fight against uh, Yana Kuzuskaya. She had the not-so-great fight against <laughs> Jermaine Durandamy. But uh, I just think she's got a higher upside than Dumont, um, who I haven't, frankly, been that impressed with. We're hearing all that stuff. She had the, the KO of Megan Anderson. But, like, aside from that, I don't get, I don't get very excited uh, by what I've seen from Norma Dumont. So the one concern of course i have is that it looked like lad almost died two like uh two weeks ago or was it last week i think it was uh, two weeks ago yeah uh d- during uh, her weigh-in where she was supposed to fight um who was she supposed to fight that where it didn't it wasn't macy chazon yes she was supposed to fight macy chazon who lost out on the flight very weird that i guess for whatever reason chazon I me mean, i don't know if they didn't offer this fight so she's, I guess she's on probably didn't want to move up and wait. Where Aspen Lad's like, you know what? Check please. Yep. Um, check please on flyweight. I'm going up to 135, uh, and we'll see. Yeah, uh, Nick, for, uh, she can't make 135. She's going up to 145 in this matchup. This is feather. Oh, you're right. These are big, strong girls facing off here in this one. Yeah. So she's going up to 145. I I just think she's the I just I think she's the 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 better, more aggressive. Uh, striker, and I, I think that I think that uh, I worry. We'll see. We'll see what happens over five rounds. Um, if she doesn't, if she doesn't get the finish, I just think that she's the more skilled 
of the two competitors. Yeah, she's she's definitely, in my opinion, definitely not the better striker, but more aggressive for sure. Um, both fighters have multiple failed weight cuts to 135, which is why they're meeting here at 145. Both have shown to have a lot of talent that's top five material as long as the intangibles, I think, remain in place. Dumont trained for a five-round fight since this was originally scheduled. She was originally scheduled to fight Holly Holm this weekend, while Ladd had to be pulled from a three-round fight against Macy Chazon a couple of weeks ago. I wonder if, like you mentioned, that terrible wake-up will have an effect on her ability to take a punch a couple of weeks later. Her one loss was to Jermaine Durandamy, who knocked her out early following a terrible wake-up by Ladd. So, like, entirely possible. We There was some speculation I mean, that, about that with Tony was, Ferguson as well, right? Wasn't uh, it kind of a bullshit stoppage, though? If I, I seem to remember it, her being, It wasn't like, a great stoppage, but she was clocked and just dropped on her ass in the first few seconds after a really rough weight cut. So, like, again, it could be a factor here. A couple of weeks later, I don't know that her... I mean, a couple of weeks is a lot of time to recover from even a bad weight cut, but still, it's not... You know, it, it's certainly not that she has to fight 24 hours later, but I wonder if all of the fluid in her brain has replenished in that amount of time. Dumont is the much better striker, technique-wise, right? You think so? Yeah. Okay. Du- yeah, she has serious snap in her punches. She's got a Sanchao background. Like, she, she's no joke standing. Um, she might have the edge in offensive wrestling even, Nick. Dumont should be the physically bigger and stronger fighter. In the clinch, Ladd doesn't do that well right away against Kunitskaya, who was kind of bullying her in the clinch. Ladd was able to get takedowns, but she didn't seem like the stronger fighter there. She seemed like she out-techniqued her. Um, Ladd is known for her pace and conditioning, so she should have the cardio edge, even though it was uh, Dumont who trained for a five-round fight. Ladd will be the grittier of the two fighters. Ladd will have a big edge in top position damage. If she can get up there, man, she's a she's a banshee. I think that would be a perfect nickname for her. She yells and just aggressively pounds you to death until the referee mercifully pulls you off. Uh, if Dumont gets on top, she can hold position well. I think I, I think she can actually have some success there. If Ladd gets on top, she can destroy just about any non-elite fighter with her insane aggressive ground and pound i think dumont has the skill to make this a tough fight for lad early if lad's chin wasn't badly affected by the weight cut two weeks ago there's a good chance she comes back and starts to take over by the end of that maybe second round or early third for that reason i'm edging toward lad by just a hair uh but if dumont is seriously conditioned she trains at the ufc pi so there's a decent chance she is then she has the skill to keep it on the feet and uh, and land hard fast shots on the counter as lad aggressively moves forward right into those shots Dumont beat a similar fighter in Felicia Spencer her last time out. Really impressive performance, Nick. Felicia Spencer is someone I believe in, uh, but she was looking tired in the third round, which is why I'm edging toward Ladd uh, in this matchup. So I agree with you on the pick. There's a reason this is one of our last picks. Uh, you know, th- th- it's a tough matchup to call, but really impressed by Dumont, man. Like, she's an exciting prospect. She's physically strong, good wrestling, decent from top position, and extremely snappy, fast punches. She's going to have a big, I think, speed advantage in this one. But real quick, um, what we did see from Aspen Ladd is serious power in that left hook against Kunitskaya her last time out, man. When she decided to get aggressive, she just clocked her over the head and finished her. Uh, my next pick is going to be, I'm going to take Ariane Carnelosi to beat Estella Nunes, who's uh, coming into the UFC for her debut here. Nunes is actually pretty good striking, probably the more technical striker, but she doesn't deal well with pressure, and Carnelosi is going to pressure her. Nunes has pretty good ground game, but Carnelosi probably has the edge in wrestling. And as long as Carnelosi uh, stays on top or prevents takedowns, I think she'll be fine. So I think Carnelosi will put it on her. I think it's worth a bet at minus 164. I think there's some value there. So I would consider including Carnelosi either uh, in some of your straight bets um, or maybe a prop by decision. Uh, a parlay is, is probably a safe bet for Carnelosi as well here. I also I also had Carnelosi, and then we've got one just one more, right? Uh, yeah, just one more, and we each have five picks at this point, so we're each going to break down this fight and give our prediction, and then uh, if another fight pulls out, one of us will have to take this one on as their official pick. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bruno Silva versus Andrew Sanchez, buddy? 
Yeah, I like. I mean, I like Andrew Sanchez, but watching watching what Bruno Silva did to Wellington Terman uh, not that long ago. What they both Terman, did to Wellington Terman not that long ago, by the way. Good, they both good stars point. Them. Good point. But then, Sa- but then Sanchez, following that, got got uh, ate a little bit from the recently defeated uh, your countryman Mohamed Muradov. Yeah. Um, I. <clears throat> I don't know, man. I think I think I think Bruno Silva is uh, is a problem. <laughs> it went eighty five. I like Sanchez's durable dude, um, but I I'm picking uh, I'm picking Silva here. Yeah, Sanchez has a wrestling background, and his boxing seems to have made like big strides forward. We saw it in that Terman matchup, and honestly, against Muradov, he didn't look terrible in the first two rounds. Considering Muradov should be leagues above him standing, Sanchez was somewhat competitive. He never stopped trying. Uh, really went for it. And he's been pacing himself more, which should address his gas tank issues from the past. Silva's like a really confident fighter with serious power. Like he's got the kind of confidence of a guy who's like knocked out a bunch of folks with one clean shot, right? Not very layered striking game, but effective enough when he's aggressive. He's pretty quick. Um, And ground and pound from top position is his best trait. He's an absolute monster from their neck. He's knocked out several people from inside of their guard with his hands. Like, not like TKO'd because the referee pulled you off, but like knocked them the fuck out. Uh, like he, we saw in his last matchup against Wellington Terman. Uh, to be honest, Terman was kind of having um, success taking him down and controlling him until uh, he took bottom position. He can be taken down, Silva can. and But he also goes for takedowns himself. This matchup depends on how affected Sanchez's chin is from the knockout to Muradov, I think, and how effective Sanchez would be in holding Silva down if he's able to get takedowns. Sanchez's stand-up game has advanced, but I don't think he's he'll react well to Silva's power. Plus, if Silva takes top position, that's probably going to be the end of it. His ground and pound is no joke. On top of that, Sanchez gets tired late in fights, and Silva has the power and killer instinct to take advantage of that, I think. Silva's the kind of guy that he might get tired, although he has been four or five rounds before, but he's going to keep throwing power even when he's tired. Sanchez, when he's tired, he looks fucking dead, man. He just looks like he's ready for the picking. So I agree with you on the pick there, and we're going to see which one of us uh, might end up with this pick. Um, quickly, I'm going to run through our picks. My first pick was Ludovic Klein. Second, I took Lupita Go- Godinez. My third pick was Danat Batgarel. Fourth, I took Jim Miller. My fifth pick was Ariana Cornelosi. Your first pick was uh, Ram- Ramazan Emiyev. Second, you took Mano Fiore. Your third pick was Julian Marquez. Fourth, you had um, Andre, uh, Carlos Felipe, excuse me, and your last pick was Aspen Lad. Pretty good list of picks for either of us. I think it could go uh, either way, Nikolai. So this one should be interesting. I think, like, pretty good night of fights. On paper, a better night of fights than it was last week, even though last week ended up being kind of fun to watch. And then, <clears throat> and then coming up, I guess, is it next week or is there a week off? No, coming up next week. I think it's next week, yeah. It's a yeah, weird card. You've got a... You know, I don't want to say a pay-per-view quality main event, but definitely like a pay-per-view, like co-main event style fight, and Paula Costa against Marvin Vittori, kind of a battle of the jerks, um, and that's I mean that's a really interesting fight. After that, the card is, uh, you know, seems a little bit random <laughs> to me. Like looking, I'm having trouble finding the, uh, you know, looking yeah. at it. The I mean, yeah, you got. Uh, you got Liviana Souza against Random Marcos there, but I, I know who I'm going to be favoring in that. Um, yeah, I would say a lot of familiar really, names, but not necessarily like the highest ceiling fighters. Um, not, and, nobody and high not, profile. And not a lot of fights with co- with consequences, with divisional consequences. 
Yeah, outside of, uh, I would I mean, say, that main event and the co-main event, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, look, we got Costa versus Vittoria, which I think is a great matchup at 185. To This is going to like solidify who number three is in this division, I think. Grant Dawson, Rick Glenn, that's going to be a fun fucking fight. Jocelyn Edwards is seen as a prospect. Curious how her and Jessica Rose Clark uh, match up. And outside of that, Caceres is on the card. Trinaldo's coming back against Dwight Grant. That'll be a fun fight for sure. Um Jung Young Park is a is a pretty solid prospect against Gregory Rodriguez, another serious prospect who got a spectacular uh, win in his UFC debut. We had Mason Jones, who's a prospect against Alan Patrick. I mean, a couple of prospects are going like, to get a chance to yeah, show and I like there. Jonathan. I mean, I like Jonathan Martinez, but he got you know he got fucking leveled by Davy Grant, which I didn't see coming. Um, after having you know he had, yeah, I mean nobody saw Davy Grant doing that to anybody, but he keeps doing it, man. He had the, you know, Martinez had those back-to-back. He had a good fight against Andre Ewell, and then he had wins against Frankie Science and Thomas Almeida. I mean, but he was he caught both of those guys kind of on the way out of the UFC. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Kama Worthy's coming back against Dan Hardy's boy, Jay Herbert. Against Jay Herbert, who's like somewhat of a prospect, man. You know, he's not he's not a terrible... It's going to be a fun fight for sure. I, th- I definitely... Look, there, there, it's going to be a fun night of fights, but like this is not... This is not like the highest level of MMA. Like I'm not going to be looking forward to this card as much as I am the one coming up this weekend. But that main event, that co-main event, that is fucking solid, uh, Nick. Yeah, I'm really excited for those. And then we've got the uh, holy shit, Fe- we got the Fedor fight um, next weekend. Also, who's he? Who's he fighting? Fedor Emelianenko from Stariasko. He's fighting uh, Tim Johnson. Okay. All right, but it's the kind of win that if Fedor can't get this win, he should definitely retire, unless Tim Johnson is just like on a new playing field all of a sudden. Uh, another good one in the books, Nikolai. Thank you for getting on. Thank you for breaking this down card for me. And you know what, Nick? Th- thank you for not giving up despite the fact that you were getting smoked in this competition. Fine, kick him in when he's down. <laughs> you know I got love Typical. for you, buddy. Typical. Nick, right. I, I'm, I'm we'll only catch, saying we'll the things that week. I know you'd be saying had you been the one up. It's just I can't be sure because you've never been up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, oh. bud. Oh, I'm, I'm that guy. No, gave me a nosebleed. All right. <laughs> I'm that guy. I gave you a Robbie Lawler nosebleed. Nikolai, have a great rest of your week, bud. Looking forward to talking about it next week.